They've done it again. This time, maybe more remarkably than what we've seen in the past. Because it was without Mike Conley. And other guys had to carry the load. And it was against the Blazers. It was on a back-to-back. And it was on the road. And they're on top of the West. And they're the stunning Utah Jazz. We're talking about it. Coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone as the Utah Jazz have truly done it again. As they knock down the Portland Trailblazers 118-113. At least the Jazz at this moment have won the battle of Utah versus Portland. We're actually watching the Utes up on the big screen here. And hopefully they can pull off a come from behind win. The Jazz fell behind by 12 early. Went up by 19. Mike Conley went down with a non-contact left knee injury. Which is not good. We'll talk about that. And then the Jazz. I, I described it. I don't know why this came to me. I went to the old Tarzan show, Ron, where, like, Tarzan is going through the jungle, like, from one vine to another, and you always wonder whether he'll have enough vines left. And that's how it felt to me about this game. Like, we were just going from one vine to the other, and, and you just wondered, like, at some point were we falling to the abyss at the bottom of the jungle and being eaten by alligators and monsters and all sorts of things? But no, Jordan Clarkson, Taylor Horton Tucker, Lowry Markkinen all made plays. Jared Vanderbilt on the boards to be able to give the Jazz a chance to be able to hold on and win this game, and and they did, and it it was uh, very impressive. The game got really interesting. Two teams who've been brilliant this year, brilliant late in games, but they've been brilliant because of Dame Lillard, and they, we've been brilliant because of Mike Conley, and neither team had their guys late. I, I was impressed with the last three minutes, and, and that's what I was impressed with. I mean, the ability to finish a basketball game, uh, and, and win it, but I was concerned early in the fourth quarter because I didn't know if the Jazz were going to be able to get the momentum back. They led by as much as 19 points in, in this ball game. In, in that second half, they really just took control. Clarkson started to get catch fire. Beasley knocked down what uh, in that second half he ended up knocking down six of his uh, well, all six of his three point shots anyway coming in, in that second in, in the second half, but. I got a little concerned early in that fourth quarter and impressed with the last three minutes. It was a lot to be concerned about. And Mm -hmm. uh, Taylor Horton Tucker makes an aggressive drive to the basket where he scores. And then Jordan really carries it. Jordan gets Eubanks on a switch. He hits a three over the top. He drives the basket and scores. He beats Winslow a bunch of times, who's supposed to be their defensive stopper. Um, So, yeah, Jordan really understood the moment Mm -hmm. and carried the load. Yeah, he he recognized uh, that Winslow... Was his footwork was good, and and Clarkson's definitely not stronger than Winslow. But when Winslow opened up a couple of times there, opened up too much, Clarkson gets a beeline right to the rim, was able to score there. Had a big fourth quarter, and what did I have him for there? He had 13 points at after three, ended up with 28. So he had a he had a really big fourth quarter. So we opened the broadcast tonight with two interesting stories about Jordan Clarkson. Last night, he scores on Mikel Bridges. And on the next play, he comes open. Conley and Markin have interchanged. I talked to Mike. He's like, hey, we got the match we wanted. But if you watch the replay, Jordan points to, to Conley to say, go to Lowry Markinen. And I asked Jordan about this today before the game. And he said, they had Cameron Payne and Devin Booker on that side. He's seven feet tall. You give him the ball. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really interesting kind of insight into where Jordan is as a teammate this year and how much this group together as a team because frankly Jordan's not one to bypass his opportunities for shots he had scored on the possession before and I actually said well you're being guarded by Bridges he's like yeah he's great I just gotten him once let's go over there tonight 
And then, by the way, the other note on that is you watch Jordan carrying a ball out that night. He's aware of the fact it's Lowry Markin's career high, and he has the ball for Lowry. So you're seeing incredible leadership, incredible team aspects from Jordan. And yet tonight, he reads the room and says, oh, wait a sec. Without Mike Cottonley, with them having Drew Eubanks and not having Nurkic, there's no rim protector. Like, I get in this matchup, and I'm going to work. Yeah, it, it was good for you to hear that, and, and I think because now you get a different look at what uh, Jordan Clarkson has <clears throat> become as a player, opposed to what he was uh, and not knocking the way he was because he got six man of the year, but it was the way that he was uh, uh, he was allowed to play that it, and, uh, and and that part of him, this part of him that we're seeing now, we really didn't know that he had it and, and uh, just recognizing what's going on out there on the floor, uh, trying to take advantage of situations. I mean, that was totally awesome. Now, in the ball game tonight, was that this a situation that he felt that he had to take over the basketball game, get to the rim? Probably did there in that fourth quarter because he was able to do it. So the Jazz are the best in the West right now, Ron. That's funny. And as Tim Lacombe <laughs> points out, you run down the best of the West standings, and the yeah. Jazz have beat all of them but Dallas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This two-game stretch to beat Phoenix, who was without Chris Paul, yeah. and to beat Portland, who was out Dame Lillard, but we were without Mike Conley, like, this is just more affirmation on where this team is and, and that it is a high-quality basketball team. So you think about what the Jazz have been able to do. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just heck with all of the expectations that we thought at the beginning of the season. That's going out the window. I don't want to hear that stuff I- anymore. But this is a very respectable basketball team and, and has a lot of upside to it that when uh, – you just expect for them to win. I mean, it's not going into the in, into a basketball game now, whether you're at home or on the road, thinking, okay, they'll play this team pretty tough, but uh, th- I think the other team is, is more talented. I will say this, and I, I, I want to go back to the uplifting performance. If Mike Conley is out for an extended period of time, and it was a non-contact left knee injury, it did not look horrific, but his reaction was not good. His reaction was he went down, he grabbed his chin, he made no effort to get up. He knew... Something was wrong. Jamal came out on the floor and did a stress, a, a stability check mm-hmm. on him. They took him to the locker room. We know right. nothing more than that. That's what we saw. Right. But And so it wasn't like running non-contact. If you didn't see it, it wasn't like he was sprinting non-contact and his knee buckled and went down like Joe Ingles, where it was abundantly obvious what happened. Right. We, it's not as clear. It's not good, though. Like, no. Let's mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. The The choices on our options right now are not, not ones. This is not an SAT question where one of the four answers is good. They don't seem good. This team without Mike Conley could really struggle. Well, hyperextension, and I'm not diagnosing anything because we have not um, uh, gotten anything, unless you did, no. about what type of injury it was. But it looked to me like it was a, it's kind of a hyperextension, the way his, his, his knee ended up trying to get over, get over the pick. You know, as long as there's nothing torn in there, uh, it's just a matter of how long does it take him to, you know, recuperate. Lots, most times, players that are in great condition, um, then, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe it won't but be it won't To be the as point well. of on the floor for a minute, this team without Mike, Mike Conley has, I've called him the thread that is holding the fabric yeah, together. Yeah, I was getting There is that. a chance the fabric could be floating around without the thread yeah, here in a minute. Yeah, I was, I was going to get to that and, and just realize, and, and now we have to, to maybe play a little bit different. Maybe uh, Colin Sexton has to change his game if he can. But um, Clarkson and, as you mentioned, Tucker, so often Tucker are, are going to be those guys that have to settle the team down uh, and, and pick them up. And I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker has to 
probably come off the bench and play a lot of point guard. Collins is not a point guard. It's just no. it's not a natural way for him to play. The Jazz have found a way for him to be super successful yeah. playing off the ball. I think your point guards will be Clarkson, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yeah. None of them naturally do that. That'll be a real challenge. Let's go back to this game. Malik Beasley cha- turned the tide in this game. The Jazz were down 12 early. Beasley comes in. His shooting is just flat-out ridiculous right now, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those points that he was able to get, those three, four three-point shots he made in that fourth quarter, just accelerated the offense of the Jazz. And, and uh, he's just been on fire. He had seven last night, if I remember correctly. He ended up with, again, tonight with, uh, what, seven again tonight? Six, with six for 14 there from the field. So his three-point shooting is, is just off off the charts. But he did make a couple of little mid-range jumpers in there that I, I think, um, he needs every now and then just to prove that he's not just a three-point shooter. I think he went four for four and twos tonight. And when they closed out on him hard, he showed another little element of his game, and that was awfully nice. Um, the other one, Lowry Markin was great again tonight. 23 points when he scores over 20, the Jazz win. Um, and Markin made a bunch of plays and had some big defensive assignments. One of the bigger plays of the night defensively, he's out guarding Simons, forces him into missing a three. Uh, missed Lillard, had Lillard to miss a three. Dame had a bad night tonight before he left with a string calf. He went one of 12 from three. But Lowry was terrific again tonight. Yeah, Lowry, it's, whenever he gets off to a good start in that first quarter, I expect, you know, big things to happen. I know that you say when he scores 20 or something like that, you know, the lost. Jazz usually win. But, I, boy, that first quarter is something that I look at, and I'm, in, I'm, I'm ha- happy when that happens. His numbers are much better in the first half. <laughs> than in the second half of games. Well, if there's a night, we'll see how it plays out from here on out. Like if jo- if Mike Conley's out for a long period of time, this could be this could be a night we remember and, and maybe wonder what if it could be a night we remember. Um, but I, I would say this is the, the peak of where the Jazz have been at any point this season. They have beat Phoenix and Portland on back-to-back nights. They have proven again to be able to be clutch late. Will Hardy, who is a real studier of late games and how they're played, it's been a very good late-game coach. The Jazz are 8-3 and three now in games that go to the clutch. Uh, this could really be one of the high points of the Jazz this season. And I think the Utes are going to tie this ball game up. But uh, you, you talk about out-of-timeouts, Yes. how he goes for the three-point shot. He didn't do that. Yep. I remember he came back and had a, had a two-pointer that the Jazz scored on. It just changed things up. So if that was a scouting report, out of a timeout, the Jazz are going to shoot a three, then uh, they just got mixed up. All right, who's your two stars tonight, Ron Boone? Boy, it's obvious, I think, that we've got to go with Clarkson and, and, and Tucker. Oh. Yes. Not Clarkson and Beasley. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Beasley. <laughs> Beasley, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Oh. Yeah, Beasley, Clarkson Usually and I'm Beasley. the one who tries to get unique <laughs> yeah. with something here. Yeah. Clarkson and Beasley are two stars tonight. Lacey agrees. Yeah. All right, thanks very much for tuning in to PostCast. David Locke along with Ron Boone. I'll be back with you Locked on Jazz on Monday. And Ron and I will be back with you Monday night from L.A. Clippers blow out Sacramento or the, the Spurs tonight, 119-97. Uh, so the Clippers, who have the worst offense in the NBA, might be figuring it out. Thanks very much for tuning in. This has been Postcast Unlocked on Jazz.